Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It's finally here, the moment you've been waiting for. You finally get the chance to play Best Fiends, the perfect brain-boosting puzzle game to keep you entertained in any situation, like the DMV. Best Fiends turns spare moments into perfect opportunities to keep your brain excited and challenged. With thousands of fun puzzles, your brain will never run out of fun, unlike the DMV. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. Best friends without the R. Best Fiends. are amazing at tracking down hard-to-find items. Library books, socks, you name it. But sometimes help is welcomed. Care.com makes it easy to find babysitters near you. Sitters with the experience and skills your family needs, like after-school pickup and homework help. You just post a job for qualified sitters to apply. And since all Care.com caregivers are background checked, you can feel confident about interviewing and hiring. To get the child care help you need, sign up now at Care.com. Coming up on this episode of Killer Jane's special series, our final episode of Was It Suicide or Was It Murder? The Death of Daniel Underwood. An eyewitness unrelated to the family, case, or victim comes forward with a possible confession. When she said, well, I'm under investigation for the murder of my ex-boyfriend, his crazy effing mother is trying to get me thrown in prison for killing him. And... Will this case be re-examined? I need more closure than what it is as far as what happens to him. I know, you know, if you don't pay for it here on earth, whatever, you know, she'll pay in the end, you know. But I just feel like he deserves justice from it and his kids deserve it. The following episode of Killer Genes contains graphic and sensitive information and material. Listener discretion is advised. Emmy-nominated true crime journalists bring you cases like you've never heard them before. Hear first-hand accounts from the victims' families, private investigators, lawyers, law enforcement, and even the convicted. Giving you a complete 360 of the case like no one else can. I'm Melissa McCarty. I'm Kelly McClear. And this is Killer Genes. Since Daniel Underwood died from a gunshot wound to the face in 2008, his family still believes his girlfriend, Rebecca Nelson, is responsible for what they call an intentional murder. But police are standing by their suicide ruling. In the previous episodes, you've heard heartbreaking interviews with Daniel's mother, Donna, and his sister, Stacy. You've gotten the investigation opinions from forensic expert Dr. Maurice Godwin and investigative journalist Joe Cochran. You've also heard the eyewitness testimony of the third person with Daniel and Rebecca that night he was shot, Maria Harvick. Now, Daniel's sister Stacy has a theory of how the shooting took place. To me, I believe she knew what she was doing. I believe she shoved the gun up towards his face when it went off. Um, cause Maria had said he was in middle of a sentence and my brother is one that you don't like cut off in the middle of the sentence. He's going to, you know, get mad. Daniel's family has never stopped fighting for the truth about what happened that night. Years after his death, they received a call that jolted them back to September 4th of 2008. A woman named Jeannie Perry told Daniel's family she had some unforgettable encounters with Rebecca. 
In 2012, Jeannie moved in next door to Rebecca, who was living with her parents at the time. Jeannie was taking care of her grandparents, who were in hospice care. I would go outside to smoke cigarettes, and she would walk over there and talk to me. Like, every time she saw me outside. (laughs) What did you think of her? Well, I knew she was on drugs, because she was, like, bug-eyed and, you know, just a lot of energy and just, I don't know how to describe it. She just, like, moved around weird a lot. Like, she never stayed still. And she would just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and drive me nuts. (laughs) (laughs) What was she doing on a day-to-day? I mean, what about her life did you know? All I knew was that she she was apparently taking some kind of courses at the junior college there in Silver Springs. And I had actually taken her a couple of times because I'd be leaving and she'd say, hey, can I get a ride? And I'd drop her off at the school. But other than that, I don't know that she really did anything but hang out with drug people because they would come to the house and pick her up and she would actually like do stuff in their vehicles with them in the driveway and sometimes she'd leave and sometimes they'd just hang out there on her porch and I don't know she was just a weird character. (laughs) But did neighborly chats between the two turn into a possible murder confession? You two have had some conversations uh, over that time that she was next door. What happened during those conversations? She was talking about different things that she had went through in her life and all this kind of stuff. And she had made a comment one day about how she was being investigated for the murder of her ex-boyfriend, but it was a suicide is how how it started. Because I had actually was trying to tell her a story about how I had gotten into a fight back when I was 21 years old. That was like 30 years before that. And the girl that I had beat up had a miscarriage and they tried to get me for involuntary manslaughter of the baby, but they proved that her mom had beat her up the night before. And so, you know, they dropped the charges on me for the miscarriage. So I got an assault charge. And that's when she said, well, I'm under investigation for the murder of my ex-boyfriend. His crazy effing mother is trying to get me thrown in prison for killing him. But the, the cops here ruled it a suicide. And I said, well, what happened? And that's when she proceeded to tell me that she actually did blow his brains out. And I said, well, then why aren't you in jail? And she said, because I can't remember the exact wording of the whole conversation, but it boiled down to she admitted that she was an informant for the police trying to get some drug dealers, bust something. And so they ruled it a suicide because they knew her and were friends with her. Yeah, I mean, I think you're the first to be able to confirm that for us. So she actually said to you that she was a police informant. Did she elaborate how long, how many years? I didn't really ask her. She just said that she had helped them bust a couple of drug dealers and they were trying to get this one, I believe his name was Will, and they were trying to get him busted. He lived out in the woods somewhere, blah, 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 blah. I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the details of what she was saying at the time. Because like I said, my grandparents were dying and I was just out there smoking a cigarette trying to take a break from taking care of two elderly people, you know. And I knew that she was, you know, skipped out on drugs. And so I really didn't take anything she said seriously. I just thought she was some drug girl just talking crap, you know. And it was literally two years later that I actually read the article that they had posted in Sulphur Springs. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, that story that that girl told me is actually true. (laughs) But 
the story that they had posted, you know, it was being ruled a suicide, but it said that there was investigations being done because they think that there was more to it. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, that, that girl, Rebecca, that we live next door to, I was telling my fiance at the time, I said, that story that she was telling me that day on the porch was true. She, she really did kill that boy. And so I instantly found Daniel's sister on Facebook. And I messaged her, and I swear before she could even have time to read that whole thing I sent her, she was calling me. Jeannie, now as a potential witness, links up with the Underwood family. She said, so you're Jenny, and you lived next door to her, and she told you this and this and that. I said, yeah, and she said, well, everything you're saying matches the forensics, but they won't open the case to go over any of it. And we've tried to tell them that we believe this is how it happened, but they they won't reopen the investigation to even talk about it. And she said, but every detail that you're telling me matches all the forensics that we've got proof of. Daniel's sister, Stacy, said the call with Jeannie Perry was heart stopping. She's even made jokes, obviously, to Jenny and some other people about, you know, she blew his effing head off and all kinds. And it's just, you know, you really are that cold hearted of a person to just act like that. Like you took someone's son and someone's dad away. Stacy, did you feel like that was a confession, that conversation she had with Jeannie Perry? I do. And I feel like, you know, she did it in a sense of I did it and look at me, I'm still out and free type scenario. You know, she's told numerous stories over the years um, to different people about, you know, how it happened. Um, one was he was bent over the gun. One was he was face to face. And even on the 911 tape, when she first called 911, she said it was an accident. But then when he when she called my mom, um, she was saying that he did it. Like and didn't really say much he I think she might have said an accident over the phone to her. Um but then later on he changed it to he did it. I don't I'm not real sure. But I mean her story's always been kinda all over the place. But I think that was probably the most accurate story was that one. Armed with apparent truth bombs from Rebecca, Jeannie had to sort through what were Rebecca's possible drug delusions or what was her reality? And how would you gauge the information? Um, when you have someone who obviously was on drugs and had, you know, a sketch past, how would you gauge truth from someone like that? What was your truth radar in sniffing that out when she was saying these things? Well, when she was telling me the story, like I said, I was in a state of mind of two grandparents dying. And so I really didn't take it to heart, you know, because I'm just thinking this gets out druggy girl is just rattling off top of her head. But then when I read the article, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, she was so messed up. She was just like spilling her guts is what she was doing. And everything she said was true. You know, I mean, it just hit me in that way that I'm, I'm just like, at the time, I didn't take it seriously because I had other things on my mind and wasn't paying attention to her really. But then when I read that article, I'm thinking, okay, it's so much of it, of what she said was exactly what the article said, but with a little twist. You know, they twisted it to make it look like a suicide when she was telling me something totally different. She told me I blew his effing brains out. Her exact words. Why do you think she chose to confess to you? Not to I not to it, sound, you know, disrespectful, well, yeah. but why do you think, well, I think you? I think part of it, I think part of it was I didn't even live in Sulphur Springs well, actually, I moved there in 2008. Is that when the murder actually happened? Was in 2008? Yes. 
Okay, see, I didn't know anybody in 2008. I had just moved to Sulphur Springs, and I think she knew that I didn't know any of the people involved, and she didn't have to worry about me talking to anybody because I didn't know anybody. On top of, she was so messed up. I mean, I actually caught this girl two days after that in my bathroom shooting up with meth. She accidentally stumble in or? Well, no, she asked if she could use the restroom and her parents weren't there and she didn't, she couldn't get in her house. And so I let her use the restroom. And as she came out, I was wheeling my grandmother in and my grandmother actually sat on the toilet and found the the needle in the trash can. So she was just kind of self-destructing at this point in her life. Yeah. And I I left, I left my grandmother on the toilet and went outside and I was like, "Uh, did you forget something? And she, she actually had blood coming out of her arm where she had just stuck herself with the main thing. Wow. So, what do you make yeah. of when you started to learn everything, all the details about the case and, and everything she told you? What did you what did you make of all of it? How did you ingest it? And what do you think of her just kind of walking free at this point when she potentially can be could be the purpose, the reason why he's dead? Yeah, I'm, I'm, it made me angry, actually, because. Even after I moved from there, she had saw me a few times and asked me for a ride, and I gave her a ride. I mean, I'm just a soft-hearted person anyway. You know, and then I find out two years later that this story that she just rambled on was true. I'm sitting here thinking, you murdered someone, and you came in my home with my dying grandparents. You know, you rode in my car. It made me angry. I actually went to her her parents' house looking for her after I talked to Stacey. I went to her, her mother's house and they let me in. I mean, they liked me. (laughs) They let me in and everything. And they said that she didn't live there anymore, that they weren't really sure where she was at. And and I said, well, I didn't tell them why I was there. I just said, I was just calling or coming by to check on her because I was in the neighborhood, you know, but if I had seen her that day, I probably would have heard her. I probably would have. I mean, that, that's bad to say, but I probably would have heard her. Have you ever seen her since? I was that angry. I have at a distance. And the only time I seen her up close was at a community, like a can help type place for people getting free food. I had actually went in there with a friend of mine trying to get assistance to pay her light bill or whatever. And Rebecca was there and I waited, I waited and I waited probably three hours and she never came back outside because I didn't want to confront her in front of people because I probably would have went to jail. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I, I probably would have caught me a charge. So i tried to get her alone, but she, I don't know if she went out the back or what, but I never saw her. So when did you let law enforcement know about what she told you? Well, I didn't. They never wanted to talk to me. When I talked to Stacy that day, Stacy got a hold of Joe Cochran and Joe Cochran had me on the radio, but I've never been questioned. I've never been asked anything. Have you called them though to say, Hey guys, I have some information for you. I didn't actually call them. I knew a couple of the cops there and I told them what I had found out through that article and that I had talked to uh, Stacy and I was on the radio for this case and all that. And I said, who do I need to talk to to report what I know? And I was just told it's a closed case, that there wasn't anybody for me to talk to. It's a closed case. If the medical examiner's office was to reopen the case into Daniel's death, would you be willing to go on the record with what oh, Rebecca said to you? I'll do anything it takes. I'll do anything it takes because that girl does not need to be on the street. Hi, Killer Jeans listeners. Now, have you heard about BetterHelp? 
It's secure online therapy that is revolutionizing how we become mentally healthier. I always like to think I have the answers for everything, but honestly, there's times that I just really need help, especially for stressed out, overwhelming moments of life. And what's cool about this is you get matched with a therapist that fits your needs. Maybe, you know, you are stressed or you're having relationship problems beyond yourself and your solutions. And what's good is they have licensed therapists that will work with you on your personal needs, goals, and time. You know, everybody's budgets are tight, especially this time of year with the holidays coming up. So what I love about BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, is that it is so much more affordable than your old school traditional therapy. And they even have financial aid available. So you don't have to go to a sterile office-like setting. You know, with everybody's busy schedules, you can make appointments on days and times that are convenient for you. And you can do it in the comfort of your own home. You do it over the phone or you can even do video chats. They also have live chat sessions available. So really, however you like to communicate, BetterHelp got you covered. So visit BetterHelp.com, Killer Genes, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional today. Killer Genes is sponsored by BetterHelp. And our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash killer genes. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash killer genes. The other witness to the night Daniel died, Maria Harvick, says she will never forget the final sounds before the shotgun went off. And she, along with Daniel's family, want the medical examiner to change the death ruling. If the medical examiner's office calls you in for an interview, would you go and do it? Yes. I need to ask you this, Maria. And again, I think I know the answer, but do you feel that Daniel died due to one of two things? Was there a struggle over the gun and it accidentally went off? Or do you believe that... Rebecca is the one that pulled that trigger. I believe she she pulled the trigger. I remember he was in the middle of a sentence when it went off. Do you remember what those words were? He was just saying, I, I don't know what, like like he was in the middle of saying the word what. Okay. Wow. Um, very helpful. Is there anything else in regards to pushing this case forward and t- getting it reexamined, you know, that you want to say at all. It's a tough situation because the police have to get on board, even though the medical examiner is open to it, but it seems like it's in limbo. Um, what do you want to see happen with all of this? What's the ending for you? I would like for uh, new investigators, the new cops, to look into it and actually look in the evidence. Uh, a lot of the evidence got ruined. Like, I know they, they took pictures of my hands and her hands and stuff, but nobody ever did swabble my hands. And I don't know if they did on hers or not, but they didn't in front of me. And even if they did, we had a chance to wash our hands at the police station when we got there. Because I remember I didn't want to do it because I felt his blood on my hand was like the last thing of him that I had. So I didn't want to wash mine, but she did. So if they didn't get anything before she washed her hands, I feel like that they're really not going to show anything. You know, if they did do 
some kind of swabbing of her hands, then it was already gone. We've heard that there might be a chance that Rebecca is back in the Sulphur Springs area. Oh, God. Do, do you... Well, there's my answer. Uh, you know, are you afraid of her? You know, when you continue to speak out and speak your truth, are you? Um, at- I, yeah, um, I, it worries me because I know she knows a lot of shady people. So even if she wasn't the one that would do anything to me, she could probably persuade, easily persuade someone else to. If you have a message for Rebecca, like let's say she's listening right now to this, what do you have to say to her? To just tell the truth and just get it over with. She keeps saying that we all don't give her a chance to. There's been many chances that she's had and she just won't take them. Investigative reporter Joe Cochran has some final words for the investigation. You have a coroner who's willing to talk to Maria, a witness who recanted her statement, and look at the totality of everything to see if her cause of death should be changed. But I guess, uh, according to Donna, law enforcement has to be on board, but law enforcement is done with this case. It's closed to them. Where do they go from here? You know, I'm, I've, every time I think, you know, it's done and Donna's going to have to live with the result we have. And that sounds cold. And I don't mean that. I, I think the world of Miss Underwood. But it, it, the old, it's like the old, it almost seals the deal. And then, of course, you guys have this excellent show that I've actually been keeping up with for months since you guys really launched it. And I saw it on Facebook that, you know, why not reach out to you guys? and uh, see what's going on. And uh, again, you're playing devil's advocate, very fairly so. And I thought maybe we can get some kind of momentum nationally here and, you know, get something done. None of us are doing this to advance careers. That's out. None of us are doing this to make money. I can, you know, I can honestly say that. So I thought maybe if we could get some, you know, like a a show which is good as yours out there and maybe we could get this picked up. I, I really think I was always very confident that we would eventually get something. I thought maybe Rebecca would crack. From what I understand, she's on drugs and uh, a lot of other things uh, I won't I won't get into. I'll just say I hear she is. That's only hearsay. I can't say that for sure. But from what I understand, she's uh, involved with a lot of shady people. But I, I think uh, now I'm probably less than 50% that this is going to you know get reversed. Not because my mind has changed. It's just we just don't we can't get law enforcement on board. Yeah, and that's you know, okay. That's what I'm. So, are we missing something? You have a coroner willing to take this really seriously and and reinvestigate from scratch with new information. You have two witnesses. You have right. Marie and you have Jenny saying what was originally reported is not what happened. I want to clear the air. Where's the disconnect between the Emmy's office, right, Melissa? Where's the disconnect between the Emmy's office and law enforcement? And and can it only happen if law enforcement gets on board uh, the new regime? Because you know a lot of them have since retired. So would it take the new regime to get on board and say, yes, let's work with the coroner and do this together? Can the coroner, if you know, do it without them? And I'm asking you just because I've made three calls to Dr. Urban and hopefully I'll get in touch with her. Uh, I have Mm -hmm. yet to, you know, but if I, if she doesn't go on the record, can she not do it on her own? Does she need approval from the district attorney's office? Is it law enforcement? That's that's what I don't understand. They keep ping-ponging it. They do keep ping-ponging it. And I think she would need some support from higher ups, people that maybe pay her salary. Also, the attorney general, which I've tried to reach out to. Dr. Jill Urban didn't return our numerous calls, but she has spoken to Donna Underwood a few times. She just told me that 
as far as the autopsy alone, that it does not prove that Daniel shot the gun. And she said she's out of county, Emmy, so that's why they didn't have an investigator there, you know, self to go down to the scene. So they just had to rely on what they got from the police department here in Sulphur Springs, which was um, just the initial report. And it was even before some of the interviews that they had done uh, with Rebecca, but they could not prove that he shot that gun. And she said the residue on his left finger was uh, could have been like if he was pushing the barrel away from him or setting it down or anything, but they could not tell me that the the most part was the investigation report, you know, or the totality of all of it. And um, she suggested, you know, that uh, I go to the JP and the VA down here and talk to them and that uh, she would be willing to change it from to homicide or even at least undetermined if they would, you know, talk to to Maria as a, a witness and then, you know, look at the case. And that's all we, we wanted all the time, you know. In the case of the mysterious death of Daniel Underwood, there is more than one victim. It's his family, friends, and children that are left behind, still awaiting answers. And Daniel's sister, Stacy isn't giving up. It's been almost 13 years, actually over 13 years, that I've you know lived my whole adult life without a brother. And... I can't change that. They can't change that. But they can change the fact of what it says on the birth certificate, what everything is done here as far as justice for him goes. And just, you know, give us a little bit of closure and peace on everything. Because obviously from the beginning, nothing was really handled the way it should have been handled. Donna, what do you miss most about Daniel? Uh, I guess it's I always say me and him had a kind of a the sense of humor, a quirky sense of humor. And I miss his kids. I miss his kids, you know, not having the the daddies through all these years, you know, it's, uh, it just broke my heart. Uh, how is how anybody could just rip him out, you know, like that. And like I said, why didn't you just walk away? Donna, if you could say anything to Rebecca right now, what would that be? Uh, well, I would just say she's a, uh, <laughs> I really, I don't know. It's hard to say because I haven't seen her in 13 years. No, I'm saying so, if she's listening right now, you know, mm-hmm. or if you have a uh, message for her, what, what would that be? Well, she's called me a liar several times online on stuff. And then she's threatened everybody that ever makes it, even a like or something. She sends them, she had sent them little messages and told them they better stop liking and doing this and doing that or she was going to turn it into her lawyer like a slander in her or something. I'm like, everything I have, I've got, I've got it here. And and if I got it from somebody, they, they're welcome to go and talk to that person, you know, like a witness. There is witnesses do hold up too, you know, not, not just evidence, but uh, they hold up as witnesses is evidence, you know. And I just, I'm sorry that you uh, couldn't just walk away. You know, I don't understand. I didn't know that people lived that was horrible was around this area. It's just a little place. We never have a lot happening at all. And 
not in my wildest dreams that I've ever thought anybody didn't have a soul. We reached out to the Sulphur Springs Police Department and did receive a call back from Chief Jason Ricketson. However, his only comment was that they have no comment at this time. We tried to track down Rebecca through a series of numbers listed for her, plus her social media accounts, but we couldn't reach her. Rebecca Nelson is not a person of interest, and Daniel Underwood's death remains a suicide, unless police allow the new medical examiner to re-examine the evidence and speak to witnesses. You know, Melissa, for me, this case really irks me. Not to speak ill of the local police department, but I have seen this so many times where a death is ruled a suicide way too quickly without a proper investigation. Also, when it comes to the eyewitness, I understand them disregarding Maria Harvick because she did recant her story. So, you know, when you flip flop, you're not exactly credible to police. But then when you have Jeannie Perry coming forward years later with all of the information and the truth that came out of those conversations, to me, that's when you re-examine. That's when you piece everything together and take another look. But both of these women were disregarded. And also just speaking with Maria specifically, witnesses do this all the time. They're scared. And then they later get the courage and she flipped it quickly within weeks. And both of these women should not have been disregarded in my opinion. Well, yes. And and on the flip side, what also really needs to happen is that the medical examiner, Jill Urban, needs to be able to conduct a new investigation and be able to review the facts and the evidence and, you know, hell, even bring in a crime scene reconstruction expert. Because to me, the biggest aspect of this case is the scene. You know, it's the position of the gun, the trajectory of the bullet, the GSR. That's not making any sense, according to Rebecca. You know, there just seems to be so much potential evidence that was overlooked in this case. And if the investigation shows that it was Daniel, in fact, that pulled the trigger, then I think the family would be at peace with that, at least knowing, you know, what really happened and and having it come from a, a new set of eyes. Right. And if it turns out to be an accidental shooting or or even a homicide, then law enforcement can go from there. But what people have to remember is that this case would have to be able to be prosecuted in a court of law. We'd like to hear what you think. Please leave us a comment or direct message us on our Facebook page or our Instagram account at Killer Jeans, the podcast. Do you think this was suicide or was it murder? She just went down for her afternoon nap, which is great because, as everybody knows, a well-rested baby is a healthy baby. And also because I'm in the middle of a record-making winning streak on Best Fiends. That's what we call a win-win-win. Best Fiends is the mobile puzzle game that turns spare moments into perfect opportunities to keep your winning streak going. Find yourself with some extra free time on your hands? Lose yourself for hours in all the fun playing Best Fiends. You'll team up with a daring band of cute, collectible characters, a.k.a. fiends, to solve brain-sparking puzzles. With thousands of levels, plus new characters and events added all the time, you'll never run out of ways to win. So go ahead. That win streak record isn't going to break itself. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Play Best Fiends. 
you want to go. Yes, go travel, go explore, go find a new city, go reconnect with friends, go have fun. That's why we created OnGo, the trusted rapid COVID-19 self-test. OnGo gives you accurate COVID test results and peace of mind in just minutes. So anywhere you go, you know. You'll know if you're COVID-19 free and you'll know you're protecting loved ones. OnGo is readily available at letsongo.com, Amazon, Walgreens, or Walmart.com. Use promo code ONGO15 for 15% off at letsongo.com today.